Hello, welcome. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Over there is Jeff Julik. And uh, it is our season finale, the very last show of the year. Wow, hard as to believe. As we get you ready for the hard Big Ten Tournament. Yes, where has the time flown? We just do not know. But we're going to spend the whole hour. We're going to talk with our experts, Alan Karpik. We're going to talk with Nate Barrett. And uh, we're going to get you set for the Big Ten Tourney. We're going to discuss some of these uh, Big Ten awards from yesterday. But, Jeff, uh, Purdue wraps it all up. Win over Illinois. Uh, big, big lead at the half. That gets whittled back down towards the end there. Zach had some foul trouble there, too. I feel like that's a narrative that kind of got away from us uh, in talking about that game. But it's uh, it's a win, and uh, it's another championship. And, I I mean, I just I, – I'm, I'm tired of nitpicking. I'm yeah, tired it, of nitpicking. Yeah, it was a uh, special day in Mac. You know, the Boilermakers uh, jumped off to that great uh, – lead led by the energy of uh, Brandon Newman, and you know, he was special that day. You know, he, he went for uh, 19 points, six rebounds, five assists, and he got the Boilermakers off that big lead. And then a couple questionable calls against Zach, which kind of ended up giving Purdue an opportunity to go small. And I, I think there's times when, when Coach Painter likes to go small, and i tell you what, the play of Trey Kaufman-Wren was absolutely special. And, uh, you know, they went on that run and, and extended that lead by playing small. And, uh, you know, that that is yet another uh, weapon that, that Matt may be able to use in the NCAA tournament because, you know, there's times there are some mis- mismatches when Zach has to guard those, uh, those pick-and-pop type of centers. And so, you know, Purdue has that opportunity to uh, be able to do that. And they played – like the team we saw early in the season, November, they played like a number one seed in that first half. And then, you know, Illinois, we've talked about this team all year. Yeah, I don't want to slight them. I think yeah, they've got a uh, lot of talent. If they want to show up and play, they can exactly. show up and play. And they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. And and they came back and they start hitting threes and uh, made a run. And, and hats off to the Boilermakers for responding to that and and uh, what hitting uh, seven out of eight free throws down the stretch and icing the game and uh, letting the confetti fly and the uh, hats and T-shirts come out and we celebrate uh, – Number 25 uh, uh, Big Ten Championship with uh, Coach Katie in the house. And uh, shout-out to Brandon Newman. You know, led the team with 19 points. I've been a little – I've been critical of him at yeah, times. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, have, absolutely. I think everybody has. Uh, yeah. But uh, he has really stepped up his game here down the stretch. He's gotten the opportunity. He's making the most of it. Um, and uh, you kind of like what he's uh, brought to the table here in the last couple of days. Uh, and uh, it adds a little bit of a wrinkle as you head into the Big Ten Tournament and the NCAA Tournament, which is good. It just it's it's options 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 options. It's always nice to have options. Yeah, and they're a different team when he when he plays with that kind of energy. I mean, you know, we love Ethan Morton, but he's not the offensive threat that that Newman can be. And you know, when he's hitting threes and playing defense and getting those steals like he was doing against Illinois, boy, that gives this team another gear. And uh, that's something that hopefully will happen. And we saw this last year. You know, he came in and had that big. Uh, you know, he was pretty much lost and, and not even seeing any minutes and. He came in the Big Ten tournament and uh, had, what, 10 points against Penn State. So, you know, it seems like March is, uh, is uh, Brandon's time to uh, to shine. Yeah, he's been fantastic. But then the rest of the Big Ten gets sorted out. Um, Northwestern coming in at number two, Jeff. Uh, a little bit of a surprise here, I would think. Yeah, you know, if they lose that game uh, Sunday night, they're a ninth seed. And instead, they end up being a two seed. So And, uh, and Collins is not, we'll, we'll get into it later, but then... Oh, he would not have been coach, not when the, with the coach of the uh, yeah. year, I would think. Uh, maybe he does. I don't know how early they send some of that stuff in. Look, I will say this, and again, we'll get into this a little bit later on with the uh, with the coaches and, and the, um, the, the polls and stuff. I do believe that does get a little political, the that specific award right there, the Coach of the Year Award, because 
I think there are some guys who just dislike others that don't want to vote for him. And I think there's others, too, that take a look around and go, I'm competing for recruits a lot of times. I don't need to give him. Like, there's not a lot of teams in the Big Ten that are competing with Collins for their recruits, right? That's not a battle. That's not a battle. So it's a little bit easier to justify doing that than give it to Matt Painter. I'm I'm not accusing anybody directly. I'm just saying, if I had it down to the wire between the two of them, which one would you go to if you were an opposing well, coach? It happens all the time. You know, the AP came out and made Matt, uh, you know, the co-coach of the year. But the Player of the Year award, uh, 13 out of 14 riders, so it's a rider from each team, voted for Zach to be Player of the Year, and one rider did not. So, you know, it's you see that all the time. It it, it, it happens. I get it. Some people have grudges. Some people don't like things. At the end of the day, you know me. I hate awards. I don't like, I don't care about rankings. I hate awards. It's nice when like, I'll be honest with you. Why? Maybe we should take out the, uh, the coaches and let the players vote on it. Well, let the players vote on it. I think that means more, right? When you're, when you're calling, but I'm I'm not trying to deflate what the coaches do or anything like that, but maybe, maybe there should be a, uh, an all, you know, players team that the players, they like to do that in the NFL, right? They all, they, they fill out the thing. They do the top 100. They're the ones that decide. Well, two things about the coach. I mean, look, go back and look at Urban Meyer's career at Ohio State. Every year he won the Big Ten and went to national championship games, won national championship, but was never coach of the year. Do you hear me? You're bringing up Ohio State football right now? <laughs> That's a sigh. Scoff. Because when you, have, when you have the expectations, you know, Matt, every year now, he's going to have a really tough time winning coach of the year because – He's got such a good team, such a good recruiting class, such a great roster. Oh, yeah, Purdue won the Big Ten again. Big deal. And that and that's what happens when you have the level of, of expectation now that you now have for the Boilermakers. I just said, you know, he's gotten – Collins got Northwestern to their second-ever NCAA tournament bid. You know, it's so hard for them to win up there. It really is. So when they do have a good season, um, that – you know that says something. I, I, again, and they had such a bad season last year. You know? Nance too. You yeah. know, I mean, just like in football. You know, if Northwestern has, wins, but it's one game away from being the nine seed too. Yeah, if you know Northwestern I mean? wins eight it's, games, it's really in, weird. In eight games in football this year, Pat Fitzgerald may be the uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year because they won one game last year. So you know, it, it, it's relatively speaking. Yeah, and uh, I said I'd love for Coach, love for Paint to win that. Uh, I can make the case all day for that, um, but it's not. I don't think this is so egregious. Like Bardo was talking about, like, oh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Collins doesn't win it. Uh-huh. Uh, it no, I wouldn't go that far. But like, it's you can make a reasonable case for this. Well, right? I think Matt's happy with that uh, trophy that he's got in his trophy case, and he'd much like rather that, have that. Had another one this weekend, and I'm certainly think he'd like to add a final four to that, and he would take all those as opposed to winning a uh, coach's honor. That usually does a little bit more than. Uh, uh, in, in the recruiting and yep, uh, being the, uh, the the Big Ten coach of the year. But, you know, it has been a heck of a ride here for a, uh, a team that was not ranked at the beginning of the season. And nope. then it took them the least amount of time ever to go from unranked to first. And <laughs> now that, that, that PK-85 tournament uh, definitely sets you up to be able to do that because yep. you're getting three highly ranked teams back-to-back-to-back to back to back on a neutral court, mind you. Uh, that will help you shoot up the charts rather quickly. Thank so the schedule definitely helped them do that. But still, um, you'd be remiss if uh, you didn't take a moment here just to reflect on what has happened this season. I mean, I've been yelling so long. Listen to my voice right now. Yeah, I know. I've been yelling you. all season. This is what my voice sounds like now. Well, I tell you what, you know, the Boilermakers beat 
four conference champions on the course of the season, and, and they added a fourth one last night when Gonzaga destroyed St. Mary's. So, you know, this has been an impressive team, and, and it's really nice. You know, they, they talked to Zach yesterday on the Big Ten Awards, and they asked him what this team needs to do to get back playing the, like they did in November, and he said the same thing Coach Painter did, and he said, we need to keep doing exactly what we've been doing all year, and that's the key. I mean, yeah, they've lost some games, but they've lost those games because they haven't hit shots. And it comes down to making shots. And, you know, this team has been really special in, in a really, really crazy Big Ten. You know, there was a record 10 teams winning 10 or more games in the Big Ten this year. Never, ever happened before, you know. And the Boilermakers waltz with a, with a three-game uh, victory uh, by, you know, beating everybody in the conference. And, and that's how you do it. And so... The Boilermakers did a wonderful job this year, and uh, it's going to be a fun time headed in this Big Ten tournament. Which, um, you know, I'm very prepared for, despite the fact that some people may write articles that say Purdue is limping into the uh, into exactly. the Big Ten tournament, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, I like my I like my statistics, everything, shot quality, which does a great job of um, uh, breaking down the uh, the college numbers here. Actually, has Purdue as their top five offense over the last five games of the season. And I'm just, you know, look. You don't see that uh, put in many articles. Yeah, but you were going to talk about the losses that they have with those four losses down the stretch here. Three of those are on the road, um, and then the other one is to your in-state rival, who is you know also good. Let's not discount that. But it's not like you're going on the road and you lost to like you know Nebraska, Minnesota, Penn State. You know those those teams that are playing tonight. You know we're not out there losing to those teams. You're losing to these uh, teams that are all fighting for the number two spot in the Big Ten. So you got to give them a little bit of credit here. And it's not like they're getting boat race. Not like Iowa just showed up and beat you by 15 in your house. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out. It's arbitrary. Uh-huh, but uh, you know, they're single-point losses yeah. on the road in the Big Ten. Come on. Well, like our friend Sam King said, you know, if these losses had been spread out, uh, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But they occurred, uh, you know. In, in... I disagree. Because I think if you look at what IU has done down the stretch, people are still sitting here telling me that they're the best shot to win it. And yet... You know, they've been equally as bad, I would think, if you're going to call it that, down the stretch uh, and losing at Assembly Hall. Nobody talks about that, though. And they can't play away from Assembly Hall. I mean, you know, their impressive victory was at Purdue, but and that's because, you know, that team got up for that game because of the fact that it was Purdue. Well, and they absolutely, you know, needed that one, too. I Look, it is what it is. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to whine and cry about it. You're going home with a Big Ten championship. Uh, you are 26-5. and five. I would have told you that's the deal back in Sign August. Sign me up. I'm taking out another mortgage on my house. Sign me <laughs> up. I don't care how bad the rates are. But, look, a, a team that's really grown along the way, you know, the National Player of the Year, what more do you want? I know what you want, the Final Four. I get it. Look, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to come back. Uh, Alan Carpick's coming up next, goldenblack.com. Hopefully my voice will return a little bit, too. This is the uh, Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis here. Uh, that is Jeff Julek on the phone here, uh, our buddy from GoldenBlack.com, Alan Carpick. It's the must-go-to site for all your Purdue Boilermaker inside info, especially with so much stuff going on with the recruiting and football right now, Alan. I know we're going to talk basketball here, but, boy, Ryan Walters and company, they are busy right now. They had a huge weekend of recruits in. Seems like they're reaping the benefits so far. I know Tom's doing a great job of uh, uh, covering all that stuff. So kudos to you and everybody over there. 
Yeah, I mean, Ryan has really has uh, gotten off to a good start from all, you know, a couple four stars in there and uh, on the on three network, and uh, that's very impressive. So he's they're not they're not messing around. They're getting after it as much as you can possibly get after something, and that's that is a terrific uh, uh, a, a possibility for what may be ahead for Purdue football because I think he's going to do a good job in that area. Allen and the, uh, the the start of the Big Ten tournament is tonight. Purdue doesn't get to play till Friday, which is uh, always a nice thing. Um, let's just start with taking the season in its totality here. Um, obviously, you look at the record, Big Ten title. I think if you tell anybody back in August that's what you're signing up for, they would not hesitate to take that. Uh, some fans a little faltered down the uh, down the stretch here, but when you look back at the season in its totality so far, Allen, what are your biggest takeaways? Well, I think it's just that. I mean, the fact that uh, you know you, you win what twenty six games when and win a league when you're picked fifth uh, in the conference, and maybe people eventually will, and, and many do with Matt Payne, the respect that his program has had over the years. A lot of people out there in the media world will say, "Well, I'm not going to do that again. Pick them as low as they, they, they're becoming that type of program." Uh, if not, if they're not already there, if you think about the Wisconsin's and the Michigan States over the years, uh, produced right there with them, if not better. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was been a great year. It's been a fun year to watch them. Yes, they've struggled. Everybody's struggled though in the Big Ten. And, and now the storyline will be what, uh, you know, the thing we've all waited for. And, I, and in every basketball season, and to some extent, at least in my opinion, it's unfortunate that it's all we focus on is the tournament, but that's kind of how it is. And, not only the Big Ten tournament, but the NCAA tournament. So uh, they've had a great year. And like I said, when you have a national player of the year, which he will be, Zach Eady, and almost guaranteed, of course, the Big Ten will have produced fifth, fifth Big Ten player of the year. Uh, extremely impressive. And, and everybody around him has uh, been amazingly fun to watch and, and very good and very skilled. So that's uh, been a great combination. Alan, what do you think the Boilermakers have to do in the uh, Big Ten tournament to uh, secure that number one seed? Well, Jeff, I think it really does in, depend on a little a little bit on what happens to UCLA early on if they would happen to get beat the, uh, again. But I think you know it pretty gets to Sunday uh, in, in the Big Ten tournament championship, and you always hear that it's kind of all done by that point. Of course, the Big Ten championship game would be at what three thirty that afternoon, and the selection Sundays or selections at six. So uh, you can figure that slot is filled in. I, my gut feeling is you got to at least get to the Big Ten championship. It does impact a little bit uh, uh, what UCLA does. But, you know, that's all gut feelings. Even the, the great uh, Joe Lenardi and others that are out there, Jerry Palm, et cetera, that uh, predict this stuff, uh, it's all an educated guess. They're really good at it, but uh, you just don't know what the committee is absolutely going to value the most. And you can argue back and forth in UCLA versus Purdue. I think it's down to five teams. That's pretty obvious at this point. And uh, I think if Purdue loses early in the Big Ten tournament, uh, it may be a number two seed. But, again, that depends on what happens to uh, UCLA in my view. I think the other three seeds are pretty solid. I mean, Alabama has obviously had its off-the-court issues with Brandon Miller. and what. But, again, they've, they've, their, their whole season, the fact that they've only – Got a couple of what, three losses or four losses in that situation. It, it does uh, uh, give them an advantage, but uh, I don't know that it matters that much except for the pride part of it. It'd be nice to be a number one seed for the first time since 1996, and uh, Purdue's been that what three times, and uh, that's uh, uh, three times from 1988 to 1996, and 
and uh, and never well they got to the elite eight in 1994 so that part is uh, you know it's just a prestige thing and something that Matt Painter has said that it really kind of is an indication of where your program is when you get to be a number one seed. Shameless plug, by the way, if uh, you want to go back to 1017thehammer.com. Uh, yesterday, I actually had Brian on from uh, Delphi Bracketology talking exactly about what Alan was just talking about, uh, what the committee values, and how they're going to view those uh, two right there. So if uh, you want to get really in-depth with that stuff, that was a great conversation. Alan Karpik's on with us here from goldblack.com here on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, let's go to uh, this tournament bracket here for the Big Ten tournament, Alan. Uh, Purdue gets that one seed, the winner of uh, number 8 Michigan or number 9 Rutgers. Uh, they've also got uh, Michigan State as the four seed. Uh, I I really like this draw. I think for Purdue, Allen. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Well, I, yes and no. I, I think the, it just depends again a little bit on what you buy into. Desperate teams. Uh, uh, of course, Purdue's only played Rutgers and Michigan once. Uh, beat Michigan up up at, at, at in Ann Arbor and and lost to Rutgers at home. So. I don't know if you buy into that part of it. I, I think Purdue just has to come out and, and play. I think Purdue will play hard no matter where and, and play to win no matter what the situation is. It does concern me. I, I, you know, and the second I say, well, Michigan's going to beat Rutgers because Rutgers is trending the wrong way, and Michigan, in a lot of ways, has played pretty well down the stretch. But that's that's when you get surprised in tournaments, you know, the Rutgers will beat them by 10 points. But I, what Michigan worries me a lot is because they have so much offensive talent and that ability uh, from a Purdue standpoint makes you make, would make me nervous. Uh, you're going to be, and that's the definition of the NCAA and big 10 tournament. If you're a Purdue fan, you're going to have anxiety going into every game. You know, if you're, you know, if you even left to play Minnesota, which isn't going to happen uh, in all likelihood for Purdue, uh, you know, just about everybody, at least I would say at least 13 of the 14 Big Ten teams right now would make you nervous playing them because uh, they're all dangerous. So I, 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 it's a good draw. It, it, it would be fun in some ways to have a Purdue-Indiana final. But then again, I, you, know, you know, look at that, you try not to overanalyze it and say, well, I don't know if you want to ex- expend uh, that uh, mental energy of a rivalry game on that Sunday. But the good thing is Purdue will not play until Friday in the NCAA tournament in Columbus. So that's almost, that's a guarantee at this point. And that, um, that gives Purdue a little bit more time. So it's a long winded way of saying, I don't know what's, what's good and what's bad. It's, and, and who knows who's going to win some of these games. It's going to be an absolute uh, uh, crapshoot on, on trying to pick these games uh, in the Big Ten tournament. And Alan, you know, we always hear about NCAA tournaments, all about matchups. What's the makeup of a team that you would not like to see the Boilermakers play in the NCAA tournament? Well, I, I'm, that's a good question. I think I think a little bit of what we've seen from uh, Illinois, though Purdue got out of that game, uh, and again, most every team in the country has some streakiness to them, but the, the athletic wings, guys that can also that are long defensively that can cause uh, problems for Zach Eady, cause Purdue to have to push its offense out. Uh, you know, at times, even though Purdue has really, if you really look at the whole body of the work, have handled the press relatively well. But I, you know, I think the common refrain there is athleticism. Can does Purdue have enough athleticism? And I think that's, uh, you know, Braden Smith's pretty athletic guard. Uh, I, I, but I, I think the long teams make me maybe a little bit nervous, uh, but I still think that if Purdue can focus on getting the ball into number 15 and, and doing that consistently, 
you know, he can quell any any rally if Purdue's patient, and Purdue has been patient most of the time. But teams that are good defensively, that, that can cause turnovers, that's been Purdue's bugaboo to some extent when they've struggled. That and obviously just making shots. You just have to make shots in the three-point era. Uh, you don't make shots. Anybody can beat you. And you could lose in the, in early, very early in this tournament uh, if you're not careful. And that's not a knock on Purdue. That's just the, folk, the, the fact of the, where, where the landscape is this year. And uh, I think that that's what's going to be an interesting thing. you got to remember, too, we know this, is that teams got to match up to Purdue. And I think it's going to be a, a game of Purdue – you know, who, who forces whom to, to match up? And if Purdue can dominate inside, Dak Eady has been very good of late. Good of late. He's not been great of late, in my view. He, and that's, not, you know, he's been the heck, getting the heck beat out of him. I think a lot of that has still been the case. But, you know, you need him to be back to hit, hitting over 70% of his shots and grabbing the double-digit rebounds, which he's done for a lot of this season. So, that's why I, I just I'm not down on Purdue at all. I just don't know what we're going to see, and uh, that's fun and very uh, very disconcerting if you want some kind of a guarantee of uh, well, Purdue's definitely going to get to the Sweet 16. I, I I think they will, but don't know for sure. Alan, last question before we let you go. Uh, yesterday, the Big Ten releasing their media and uh, coaches honors. Uh, any surprises or uh, any any hill you want to die on uh, uh, when it comes to uh, what the uh, release was there? Well, I, I think at least AP got it right, I think, with the co-coach of the year with uh, Chris Collins and Matt Painter, right, that came out last night. But, uh, uh, the, you know, I, I, again, you can argue all those things uh, from that standpoint. Uh, there's so many good players in the league, and there's a lot of uh, – I think Zach Eady was clear. I'm glad that that didn't uh, – and it shouldn't have gone any other way, even with Trace Jackson Davis, as good as he's been this year. Uh, I, I think that uh, – they're just. It was interesting uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, not having any other Purdue players on the. But it doesn't really shock me because of the way that the season turned out. That you know anybody, any other Purdue players in the first three teams. There's just a lot of good players in a league that really didn't you know didn't have seven teams ranked. But I think the general consensus is every team in the Big Ten that's going to make the NCAA tournament is dangerous to some extent and. And there are a lot of good players in this league. So I, I was, I didn't have a lot of bone to pick with how that turned out. I thought that uh, there are a lot of good choices for first team and, and, uh, you know, Terrence Shannon making it made, made a little bit of a surprise, but he was really, you know, was certainly impressive against Purdue, especially in the second half. So uh, that's, that's an interesting thing as well. But uh, I, I like where Purdue's, uh, the Zachy gets the accolades. It, it, not every day does he have a national player of the year. He should get that award as well. And uh, a really great feather and pretty basketball's cap. Alan Carpet from goldblack.com. Again, must go to resource for everything Purdue athletics. Uh, and I know you're going to be so locked into uh, what's going to happen with the uh, men's uh, swimming and diving coaching position, too. I'm sure Alan's going to be all over that as well uh, for the first time. Uh, 38 years he retired. Well, I can believe Ross, 38 I seasons. I will say this about Dan Ross. I've known him for all that time. I've been working around him. In fact, back in the days when I worked in the athletic department, they're in a better individual and more of a team guy in terms of coaches. The other coaches, I know Matt Painter and his staff absolutely adore the guy because he's one of them, and, and, and that's men's and women's coaches over the years. And it's an end of an era because Dan has uh, uh, given a lot. He and his wife, Sally, have given a lot to not only Purdue swimming with Purdue athletics and uh, it goes far beyond uh, swimming in terms of what his impact has been on Purdue sports over the years. 
Al, we appreciate all your time all season long on the show, buddy. It's not the same without you, so we appreciate you. Thanks so much, buddy. All right, it's a privilege to do it, guys. Have a great rest of the show. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. That's Jeff Julik. I'm, I'm hanging on here, Jeff. We're doing good here. So We're far, halfway so good. done, but I do, I do sound like a creepy old guy in a coffee shop <laughs> that gives you unsolicited <laughs> advice about women at this point. That's what I sound like right now. Um, uh, the voice is struggling, but hey, we got Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, is joining us, and uh, it's always a pleasure talking with him uh, when we do these shows because... And nobody loves basketball like Nate Barrett loves basketball in this state. And uh, Nate's uh, a, a great barometer of where we're at with things. Nate, um, 25 in the pocket. Uh, you got uh, you know the number one team in the country at one point. You got the national player of the year. All the accolades coming in here. Um, just take a minute and just kind of take it all in, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, you lead all time by three. Uh, Coach Katie was there to enjoy it with Matt and the team. Uh, kudos to Matt, too, for, you know, he always includes Coach Katie as a part of these celebrations and uh, remembers his roots, remembers the roots of the program, and I think that's awesome. Uh, they even have the video recut already for the starting lineup. So, uh, fantastic day with, with the exception Sunday of that second half, uh, where once again, uh, you know, Purdue – uh, we see a tale of two Purdue's, and I think that from the concern box, that's what folks uh, uh, would look at the second half of the season and say, okay, uh, some Big Ten teams, you know, it's a grind. They were able to find some weaknesses in Purdue's deal, and uh, and that's what results, you know, after starting, what, 22-1, and one, that's what results in, you know, uh, losing four of eight. And so the Wisconsin win on the road is big. Uh, hanging on and closing the deal with Illinois is important. And, you know, celebrate with your fans on the home floor with a lot of, uh, you know, people in the, in the gym at Mackey. Uh, even football had a lot of recruits in the building. So, you know, to, to pop the confetti and celebrate your seniors and do the whole deal is a big deal. Uh, but now you go to this Big Ten tournament with such a unique conference season, guys, where everybody was so bunched up. And uh, it could be the Wild West up there in Chicago. There are teams with a lot to play for to try to solidify their way in. There are other teams just desperate trying to get the automatic bid by shocking the world. Otherwise, they're going nowhere. And then there are teams uh, like Purdue that, you know, had the uh, one point in the season with the number one overall seed, uh, probably had a number one seed up to a few weeks ago and probably lost that position to UCLA. Purdue probably looking at the first two right now, but if they win in the Big Ten championship game itself, and certainly if they won it, could maybe play their way back to that one line, especially uh, with what's going on around the country, maybe like with an Alabama. But down the stretch, uh, you know, a two is okay, uh, especially depending on where it is, guys. But uh, there's plenty for Purdue to play for here, but we're looking for that Purdue of that uh, weekend out in Portland to be the one that shows up over the next couple of weeks. And, Nate, you know, yesterday on the uh, Big Ten Network, Zach wins uh, a player of the year, which was fantastic. But during the interview, Dave Reslin, you know, brought up the fact that he was the 430th ranked player. And, and Zach thanked Coach Pater for taking a chance on him and giving him the opportunities. And what does that say to players around the country that, 
that, you know, Matt takes a player who is 430th in the country and turns him into the best player, not only in the Big Ten, but probably the best player in the, in the country. Well, it's a compliment to both of them, Jeff, because uh, it's a huge compliment to Matt. Uh, as he, he saw Jaden Ivey early, he saw Etwan Moore early, he saw Zach Eady, he saw Isaac Haas, and saw the potential. And Matt's really locked in on the kind of working mentality that he wants. Uh, and it's a credit to Zach, too, because I think what Matt saw in Zach that has proved out was that Zach would be willing to put the work in and uh, to go from you know, 430th to Big Ten and hopefully National Player of the Year. Uh, that's an incredible, incredible thing to, to see happen to be the if he's National Player of the Year, and I assume he'll at least get some of those National Player of the Year awards. There's got to be 15 of them. Uh, that he'll be the first one to do that produce since Glenn Robinson 29 years ago. So uh, it's a huge deal. And, and uh, it, it just shows Matt's foresight uh, of being able to see around the corner with some of these guys and what they could be. And Zach made the, the point that coach after coach showed up at IMG to see all the superstars that were there, and not one single coach uh, took a look at him until uh, Coach Painter saw him. So I, I just thought that was so impressive. Well, and a little like with Matt with Carson Edwards, uh, you know, Edwards was not the key man on his AAU team. And I think Matt has a knack for finding guys with maybe a little chip on their shoulder about that. I think it's an excellent point there. Nate Barrett's on with us here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Um, you know, the rest of that list uh, that came out, Nate, um, obviously I think a lot of Purdue fans were kind of shocked that you could win the, the conference by three games and uh, you don't have uh, a single other player on the first, second, or, or third team. I think Purdue fans are maybe a little upset that Matt Painter doesn't at least get co-coach uh, of the year. Um, with, with something else we talked about with, uh, with Allen as well here. So, um, you know, looking at those lists, uh, what stood out to you? And uh, do you got a, a hill you want to die on here, a bone you want to pick, so to speak? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, of course, we're all partial to Matt. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to be diplomatic about saying that. We're just very partial. I think all of us here to Matt and the job he's done uh, and that he deserves it. Having said that, uh, you know, you've got a lot of Chicago-based Big Ten media, and, and uh, you know, Collins was on the hot seat last year. Going into this year, he needed to win, and, uh, you know, Carm talked about that on Ian Allen's podcast, and, and you know, for Chris Collins, uh, you know, when everybody picks you darn near last to do what they've done this year is also a, a great performance. I, I think it's clear it couldn't be anyone else but those two. Well, you know, you know that, that's a great point because, you know, he, he's had such a good year. I wanted to ask you a question about uh, the game Sunday. You know, Zach got into foul trouble, and they ended up having to go small with Trey Kaufman-Wren, and the Boilermakers just played fantastic and extended the lead. Is that another weapon that uh, Matt now has that he could possibly use, say, in the NCAA tournament if uh, if they needed to go that route? No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Because, one, there's not you know quite as much film on Trey Kaufman-Rand as some of the other guys. Uh, two, uh, I was getting a text from a buddy the other day, Jeff, that was asking about, oh, if Edie stays, does Trey Kaufman-Rand stay? And I, I said, I thought absolutely. But... Uh, but when you look down the stretch here, if, you, if you've been a, a Purdue fan that's been a little concerned the last few weeks, 
what would be the two bright spots? Uh, it would be Trey Kaufman ran one and Brandon Newman the other. And I think most Purdue fans can get their head around the fact that if Purdue's really going to make a deep run, uh, it would. It looks like today that it would be Newman and Trey Kaufman-Wren that would have to be in the mix of part of that uh, for Purdue to uh, throw some things at teams that uh, you know maybe they haven't seen as much of on film. So Kaufman-Wren, if you take Edie out of the equation, I think you know Matt's been saying this a lot in his post-game press conferences. I mean, Kaufman-Wren can flat play, and he's playing a lot more minutes if he didn't have Zach Eady in the mix. So I thought it was also, Matt mentioned in postgame against uh, Illinois, that he was encouraged that a lot of where Purdue built that lead in the first half was with Eady on the bench. And Kaufman-Wren was, uh, was part of that for sure. So, and he could step out and hit three-pointers, we see. So uh, it's a great point, Jeff. I think he and Newman are two key guys, and Purdue's going to surprise uh, along the way at the tournament here. Nate, were you one of these yokels on TV on Sunday shouting for Zach Eady to shoot a three? It came through really, really well when they were up like 20, and he would stand <laughs> out at a point. But, God, you really got to give it up for the big man to have the discipline to not take that shot when the entire building is calling for you to do it while you're up 20. Hey, I can answer that question. I saw Nate standing up. with I thought he was signaling the touchdown when Zach had the ball in his hands. I thought he wanted him to shoot the three for the three, for the board. Got to get a break. <laughs> He's going to stick to the script, fellas. If that's going to develop, it'll have to develop in the offseason. There you go. There you go. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, on with us. Oh, real quick, Nate, before we let you go here, how do you like this draw for them in the Big Ten tournament right now? Uh, you're looking at a loser leaves town match in, in Rutgers in Michigan when it comes to the NCAA tournament, and then you'll get the uh, the, the winner of that. And then Michigan State at the four, I thought, was a pretty good break for you as well. Uh, how do you like the seating here? Well, at the, you know, fortunately, this is the last show, right? So I don't have to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no consequences here. Right? There's no consequences. You'll forget by next fall. But you know what? Oddly enough, guys, I think Purdue will win the thing. Ooh. I'm with you, Nate. Look at this guy right here jumping out on a ledge with literally no consequences whatsoever. Declares Purdue will win the thing. I expect nothing less. From our good buddy Nate Barrett again, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Buddy, to have you on these shows, um, you know we do the football one in the fall, uh, do the basketball one here. It's uh, it's such a pleasure, and uh, uh, it's a privilege to have you on these things. You know how much I appreciate you. Uh, you're uh, you know anytime we have you on, man, it's it's just so special. And uh, I know you're a busy guy, so for you to carve out that much time for us this year, uh, it means a lot to me, my friend. And uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that this year. Well, you guys are the best. Enjoy every minute of it. And uh, love doing this show with you each year. It's a, it's a joy. And it's even more fun when you got a great program to follow like we do locally. So, like I, I've been saying this year, let's let's be thankful for that 25th title and enjoy it. And I hope the Boilermakers can make some, uh, some more special memories for us. But thanks a lot for having me on all season. We love you, Nate. You take care of yourself, buddy. See you, guys. All right, take care, bud. All right, we're going to come right back, and we'll wrap up the uh, Boiler Basketball Show next on 101.7 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselinas. That's Jeff Julek over there. Last show for the season. Can't believe it has finally come to an end, my friend. 
It's been a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, we need to take it home with a uh, Boilermaker victory uh, winning this Big Ten tournament. All right, so uh, let's talk a little postseason. For, I, I want to go through this with you from yesterday. The um, you know the Big Ten releasing all of its postseason awards. Zach is the player of the year. I know IU fans are still trying to massage these numbers a little bit to get them, you know, Trace Jackson Davis or declare that Trace is the better player. It's um, – it's a lot of mental gymnastics to get there for me, though. You know, we've talked this about this over and over. I mean, the numbers similar, but the bottom line is Zach led his team to a Big Ten championship, and that without a doubt. And Trace played 100 more minutes in conference exactly. play. 100, almost. I mean, you know, that's just how you fans trying to justify the fact that. We uh, would probably be doing the same thing if it was that close and trying to make a case. Maybe, I, I respect you, know. you trying to make a case, but just to flat out, like, be, I'm just looking at all that stuff going, come on. Well, we're you know, down to he does. Trace just does more for his team. Like, really, that that's what you're down to that assists. It, it's a slap he's, in the face to them because he's had one of the greatest year in IU history as a basketball player, and he's not. He's the second best player in the state of Indiana, second best player in the Big Ten, and probably going to be second best player in the nation. So, and Zach know. does what Zach does something that only one other Big Ten player has ever done in the history of the Big Ten. That is lead in points, field goal percentage, and rebounds. And that player was not from Indiana either. Absolutely. So, uh, I know it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, You know, we got over the coaching stuff here. It is what it is. No problem dying on a hill for Matt Painter any day of the week. But it's not as if, like, we went and said, you know, Collins get this, and he doesn't deserve it. If he doesn't get this two seed, does he end up getting it? Eh, probably not. I don't know. But you can't deny the fact, anytime you can get Northwestern into an NCAA tournament berth, that's something. They just, look, they started so low, did Northwestern. Yeah. Purdue started out at a heck of a lot better position. Purdue finished in a heck of a lot higher position. They, they both moved drastically. So it's just, for me, it's a, it's a matter of starting point here. They both made huge jumps, uh, but I, I think co-coach of the year is the way to go here. I understand you can't name it like that. You go by the votes. I think it should have worked out like that. I think the AP... Like uh, Nate said, got it right, making them co-coaches. It is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to see some basketball tonight, starting with this uh, highest state uh, Wisconsin game tonight. Did uh, Before we get into that, did you have anybody else on that list, first, second, or third team, you feel like was an omission? Because I got one guy. Tommy Naga was the biggest one mission to me. How in the world is he I mean, not on third team at least? Yeah, he he had a fantastic year for Nebraska, and Nebraska is a tough team that I don't think a lot of teams want to play right now, and it's because you know Get that him guy, over Jet Howard. Come on, that guy can go off. So you know, I think he was the biggest one, and, and I question whether Hunter Dickinson should have been first team. You know, I just don't think he had the the season that would justify him being a first team All Big Ten. Player. I was the preseason conference player of the year, remember? Yeah, mm-hmm, which absolutely. was kind of crazy. Yeah. I just I don't I don't know where you stand on that, but. If we were to say the three best players in the conference were Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, and Zach Eady, could you put all three on first team? Are you one of those, like, listen, you get one center, a couple of forwards, two guards, and then maybe a guard-forward combo? You could, but I don't think he's one of the three best players in the Big Ten this year. So that's that's why I would not have put him on there. I think the first team was fantastic. If you go with Eady, Jackson Davis, Murray, Pickett, and then I would go with Boo Booey. So, I mean, you know, that's uh, – if you're going to give college coach of the year, then you got to get Boo Booey uh, first team All Big Ten based upon the fact he led his team to number two seed. All right, let's talk about a couple of these games here tonight. It's Ohio State against Wisconsin, and then it's Minnesota versus Nebraska. Uh, a 
couple of interesting matchups here. Um, you know, Wisconsin, I I still have some hopes for. Don't get me wrong, but look, Nebraska's been great defensively, and I just feel like in an atmosphere like United Center that the defense tends to, you know, win out. That's why I like Nebraska tonight. That's kind of like why I, I like Wisconsin tonight in both these games. Well, obviously, it's a huge, huge game for Wisconsin because of the fact that they're currently 11th with a play-in game, according to uh, Mike DeCourcy's projection. But I tell you what, don't sleep on this Buckeye team. They've been playing much, much better. They've won two big games in a row. They played Michigan State tough in East Lansing. And when you look at this bracket, you know, High State beats Wisconsin. Then they end up with Iowa, a team who they have beaten already this season. And then they play Michigan State, who they've had two close games against. So, you know, Ohio State's playing – you know, if they lose tonight, their season's completely over with a losing record. This is the worst seed the Buckeyes have ever had. So, you know, Wisconsin is going to have a really tough time with the Buckeyes tonight. And on that other side, I think Nebraska is playing really, really well. And uh, I think they're going to move on and uh, take on Maryland. Well, Wisconsin, a uh, two-point underdog. They did beat Ohio State at Ohio State back at the beginning of February, 65-60. to 60. Um, And then, like I said, I think we kind of like Nebraska. They're fun to watch with Tamanaga. Um, they've been playing much better defense, too. Absolutely. I think that's been a real calling card for them. Uh, they went into Iowa and got that win in Carver-Hawkeye. That just, that, that's really amazing to me. Um, Minnesota, look, I like Ben Johnson. Don't get me wrong. They just they don't have the dudes right now. Right. They just don't. Uh, that's an uphill climb. So, yeah, definitely like uh, both, those guys, uh, both those teams here tonight. Uh, and uh, that's who I'll be picking uh, for my uh, winners here. And then that'll get us into... Uh, uh, tomorrow, Rutgers, Michigan. My understanding is losers not getting in the tournament. Well, I tell you what, if it's uh, if uh, Rutgers loses it, I think they're definitely out, and, and we know Michigan will be out. So I think you're absolutely correct with that assessment. I thought it was very interesting. The Athletic uh, had their percentage of who's uh, odds of winning the Big Ten championship. Purdue leads the way at 32 percent, and then Maryland was number two at 15 percent. Michigan State, 14%. Northwestern, 9 Indiana all the way down as the fifth favorite at only 8% chance of winning the Big Ten tournament. So uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But everybody seems like Maryland as the, as the second-best team in the conference. I think if you're, oh, if you're Wisconsin here, you're Ohio State, whoever wins that one, you got to like this a little bit of a draw, right? Because yeah. you're going to go take on Iowa. Don't play defense. They have to knock down shots now to neutral court, an lost, NBA court. Lost at home to Nebraska Sunday. That can be an issue right there. And then you get a Michigan State team that's – not exactly overbearing. It doesn't no. scare the playing heck better, out of but, you, right? You know. So, I mean, you could easily find yourself playing at noon on Saturday against uh, And that's Purdue. why I like Purdue's draw. I mean, you know, you play a team that, that uh, you know, you'd love to have another chance at Rutgers way they're playing without Mag. And then, uh, you know, Michigan, you've proven you can beat them. And, you know, th- this is a nice draw for the Boilermakers, uh, a chance to beat, uh, say, and, Michigan and Michigan State. And a majority the of the teams that scare you the most, the teams like Northwestern are really good with the guards. Um, you know, Illinois, you know, Maryland, um, you know, obviously Indiana's beaten you twice all on the other side there. Uh, you got to get through a, a, a Rutgers team. that's a shell of itself or a Michigan team that you've already beaten. Yep. And I think I'll tell you what, IU's got a tough, tough task. I mean, odds are they may play Nebraska or Maryland and then, you know, they're going to, they're going against Northwestern who has swept them this year. So, or even Illinois. So. So that, that's a tough draw for the Indiana Hoosiers. All right, that does it for the show. Hey, we appreciate you guys listening all season long. Boiler up. This has been the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer.